Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 26 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to go see Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. My name is Matt Jay and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, man. Not bad. Finally warming up a little in Cleveland, which is... Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, dude. You know what I actually just noticed as I'm, thinking, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that if you listen to Die Ranger regularly you get sort of like an impromptu weather report at least over the past like seven or eight episodes and that's me it's a handy thing to have it, it, it's me because I mean. like every, you're like how are you i'm like i'm not bad but the weather's freezing or like eh, it's finally thawing out around here uh i don't know why i feel compelled to tell you that but it's yeah it's so nice like i'm seeing grass i'm wearing oh, I like a lighter coat it's amazing. It's very exciting. It's am- I uh, it's- the snow has finally melted off of my street. Oh, dude! Because my street is narrow enough that it doesn't really get plowed. Oh, and so geez. during the winter, it just gets like more and more snow clogged until like people who parallel park on it just move further and further away from either <laughs> side. So there's just this super narrow channel in the middle of the street where people are trying to get through and not knock everybody's rearview mirrors off. It is. A nightmare. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, that's all over now for another year. So welcome to Super Sentai Brothers. Welcome to the Super the Sentai best Brothers. and only Cleveland weather podcast. I hope so, man. I hope there's not somebody out there who just does a podcast every day like, this is the weather. Although, you know what I have noticed is that um, I, don't have a ther- I don't have a thermometer in my house. Like, growing up, you know, we had, like, just a thermometer, and it was just outside, and you looked at the thermometer, and that's how you knew how cold it was. Yeah. Now what I do is I turn on my phone, and I get the weather report on my phone, like, for where I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, you know, I do that too, and I trust it to about be within, like, 5 to 10 degrees of what it actually is. Right, it's like, just get a thermometer, man. Why don't I have a thermometer? It's ridiculous. Anyways. Because we're men of the future, Dave. It's all on the phone. (laughs) I guess, dude. All right, dude. Okay, so, today, we are watching episode 26 of Live and Let Die Ranger. It is called A Bad, Bad, Bad Guy. But, Dave... Before we get into that, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Okay, Matt. Our first star of the week, this is something that you invited me out to. You kind of facilitated the whole experience. Is last Friday, you and I and our other friend James saw NXT Wrestling live in Cleveland. It was amazing. It was, Guys, it was so good. It was so good. And I am not, like, just to be clear, not. it's fine if you are a wrestling person. I'm just not, like, a wrestling guy. It's great. Right. Whatevs. It's just kind of not my scene. But the live show, God, even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you have a chance to see a live show, just do it. Just go do it. Um, it was at the Agora. Absolutely. 
which is a venue which was in great Cleveland. because the Agora is like a pretty it's a small venue like it's a rock show concert place yeah but not like a big one it has I think like 1500 seats or something so like there are no bad seats in the Agora like everything is a good seat and so we were you know we were like up in the balcony and like the second row had a great view of the action it was just it was so good dude it was so good. Um, all right. So NXT, if you're not at all familiar, is like the Bush Leagues. I shouldn't say Bush League. It's like the minor leagues. It's the farm team well, it's, for... It's more specifically, it is their developmental league. So it's okay, people that you. they're bringing into the, uh, the larger company, but who aren't sort of, for whatever reason, deemed to be ready for the main stage yet. But so NXT is where they come to train and sort of get used to the WWE style of wrestling and, you know, basically put their time in. Yeah. As a live show, dude, it was so good. Um, now, it hasn't... I don't know what parts of it were um, recorded or going to be televised. Yeah. Like, I know that next week they're going to be showing the show that they did in Columbus. But I don't know if the Cleveland one is going to be aired. Whether or not it is, um, I think it's probably best form that we not like tell you about any of the finishes and the matches oh but yeah for sure there were some definite highlights that i want to talk about oh dude okay so you do you do your highlight first and then i will tell you one or two of mine okay highlight number one there was a fight between tyler breeze and baron corbin now again if you don't watch it quick background tyler breeze is basically like a narcissistic male model think like evil zoolander okay yeah that's that seems like a good description um, and he was and he was wrestling Baron Corbin, who's this big guy who might be like a biker werewolf. No one ever says that he's a werewolf, but he he gives off the vibe that, like, on a full moon, you might not want to be near him. Anyway, uh, like, big, grim-faced guy that never talks. Uh, but it was great, because when Tyler Breeze comes in, he's always taking selfies. Like, just all the time. Whenever he has the opportunity, that dude is taking selfies. And at one point, Baron Corbin had Tyler Breeze down and walked over and, like, picked up his phone and started taking selfies with it. And it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Okay, man. Uh, so that match was fantastic. There were a couple other matches, but in the interest of time, I'm just going to tell you about my personal highlight. And I'm not going to say who won, but there was a four-way, uh, no, fatal four-way is what they called it. And it yep. was uh, ladies wrestling, and it was amazing. It was some of the best wrestling all night. It was not. Oh uh, yeah, I would say that was definitely match of the night. So okay, and there were some good matches. So I am not again. I'm like like a wrestling guy. So I got this information from somebody else that ladies wrestling or like ladies professional wrestling is often just a lot of like. Like hair pulling and, you know, like skimpy outfits. And they're kind of there to be eye candy, which is, you know, sort of a bummer. I, right. You know, if that's no, not that's true. That's very much the case, particularly in like main roster WWE stuff. Okay. But this, dude, this was fantastic. This was just like full on high flying. It was great wrestling. It was great wrestling. It what you had to be there. It was glorious. Again, I don't know that I'd watch it on TV, but the live show was just outstanding. One of the best live entertainment things I've ever been to. Yeah, it was really amazing. If NXT comes to your town, go check it out. Uh, two more quick things about it. Finn Balor fought Cesaro because Cesaro was there, and I was not expecting him to be there, and that was incredible. 
Cesaro, Dave, I, I might have told you this in the moment, or I might have just been too busy cheering. Cesaro is one half of the, like, main roster uh, tag team champions. Okay. You know, I think you mentioned that at your show. So I was not expecting him to be there, because, like, he hasn't been in NXT for years. Okay. That was amazing. Uh, William Regal came out to announce the event, like, in the beginning. And there was this great moment where everyone was chanting, you still got it. And as soon as they, like, finally quieted down, he just sort of leaned into the microphone and says, I never lost it, darlings. And it was so good because William Regal is the best. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just a wonderful event. Um, The only weird part about it is that, so the Agora has two parts, right? It has the main theater and then it has the smaller ballroom area. Yeah. And we were in the theater in the ballroom. Um, there was a, it wasn't an insane clown posse concert. It was ICP adjacent. Yeah. It was, uh, I did look this up by the way, Dave. It was Blaze Dead Homie. Okay. I was right about that. The only reason that I, the only reason that I know that Blaze Dead Homie exists is because like two years ago for the War Rocket Ajax Christmas Spectacular episode. Okay. They went through... Every song on the Psychopathic Records Christmas album. Wow. And I remember there was an extended discussion of how you parse out the name Blaze Ya Dead Homie. Is and it... as I recall, his name is Blaze, he is your homie, and he is also dead. Okay, that's kind of... it. There were only two options when you told me about it that I could think of. And one... Well, there were three. You could either, like, Blaze Ya Dead Homie is in, like, you would smoke... For him, because he is dead, right. as in like pouring one out for your aforementioned dead homie, you could physically smoke him somehow, like ingest his court. So you would literally be blazing your dead homie. Uh, right. Or it could be blaze, comma, your dead homie. And as it turns out, that's it. I guess his character is that of some sort of juggalo revenant. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I... Desperately hope that that's the case. Anyway, so that was NXT. Uh, that was the Super Bowl, but we need to get moving on. So, Dave, let me see. <laughs> what is our second star of the week? Uh, our second star of the week, Matt, is uh, Archer, the cartoon show. Real quickly before that, uh, last week's episode featured our friend Nick Douglas as a guest host. He did send us, if you listen to it, he had a drinking game that he had created about Live and Let Die Ranger. We asked him not to tell us the rules. He did eventually send them to us. And I don't remember all of the rules, but it is a dangerous drinking game. If he, uh, Depending on what he was drinking when he was playing that game, that could have ended poorly for him. Should we, yeah, Matt, he was publish? Dr- you should, depending we should publish on what the it rules. was... I am surprised he made it to the end of the episode in one piece. Um, You know what? Yeah, actually, I was going to tell you this later, but I just picked up for us uh, supersentibrothers.tumblr.com. Oh, rad. uh, Which I'm probably going to spend some time later on today actually setting up. So I will link to it on that. Um, Yeah, it's it's a fun read. Okay. Uh, So anyways, Matt, our second story of the week is Archer, the cartoon show Archer. The fifth season is on Netflix and Hulu. Obviously, watch it on Netflix because Hulu has commercials. I'm just super excited about it because this is, I think we've mentioned this before, this is how I watch television is because uh, I don't have TV. I don't have TV. I don't have cable. 
I just have like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime, and that's how I get everything. So sure, again, we are men of the modern era. Yeah. So if it's not, if it doesn't, if it's not available on those platforms, like as it's coming out, like some shows I can just watch when they're coming out. Shield, Agents, you know, all the stuff we talk about regularly. Blacklist, right? Um, but Archer does not do that, and so it just came out, and I have. This is how excited I am about it. I actually haven't even watched it, and it's already a star. Because it's I have so... been excited for this season for a while because it's been a long yeah, time coming on Netflix. It has been. Uh, Archer is just so relentlessly hilarious. It um, is one of the best shows on television. If, like, for a certain value of good. I mean, it is definitely kind of like raunchy humor. Um, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And everything H. John Benjamin touches is gold. Not that the rest oh, yeah. of the cast He's... is insignificant, because the rest of the cast is also amazing. Yeah, and really, that's one of the great things about Archers. The whole cast is fantastic. Yeah. But H. John Benjamin holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah, he does. But, I mean, dude, like, Judy Greer's on that. Aisha Tyler's on that show. Um, Chris Parnell. Which, obviously, if you watch Archer, you know all of this. But if you don't, maybe those names will convince you to. You gotta watch it if you're not. But I hope you are. But do if you don't. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I have about Archer. I'm just super psyched about it. I think I might spend this evening watching Archer. Okay. Well, then, why don't we jump forward to our third star? Yeah. Third star is, it's actually me again. It's another thing that I'm super excited about. Uh, Shadow over Mordor, Matt. It's a game. Oh, it's fairly I new. have heard very good things about this game. Yeah. It's pretty, it's not like new, 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 but it's pretty new. No, I think it came out, what, around Christmas time? Uh, no, 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 a little bit, but I think it came out, like, September or something. September of 2014. So it's four or five, five months old, is that right? Five months old, something like that. Um, but I've had it since Christmas, but I have been playing, as I mentioned, I've been playing huge quantities of um, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. When I, sorry, I shouldn't say huge quantities. When I have time to play video games, I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. But gotcha. I finally, I kind of wrung the last drops out of Dragon Age Inquisition. I've been playing Shadow Over Mordor. And it's it's really good, dude. It's super good. Here's the coolest thing I've discovered so far. So the long story short is, is you are like a ranger, like Aragorn style. But you die. And then, for reasons that I won't super go into, you become bonded with like an ancient elven wraith who has his sure, memory why yeah, not? who has his memory erased and so like he's trying to figure some stuff out and so you two exist in like symbiosis and so when you die you do actually die and then the wraith like the wraith dude like pulls you back here's the coolest thing about the movie or the movie the game so far is uh the they call it the nemesis system and how it works is is that like there are captains like there are boss like bosses and sub-bosses, right? But if you right. go and fight the boss, but you lose, like you die, the wraith brings you back, but the boss levels up. Like the boss gets tougher if he manages to beat you. I have heard about this. And like style in which you fight that dude the first time okay. affects how they change later on in the game. Oh, wow. Ser- like I'm, I'm seriously, I'm only like an hour, maybe an hour and a half into this game. So I've only encountered, I think I'm very much 
is still at kind of like the tip of the iceberg on this game. Um, but it's super cool. I'll, I'll give you a bigger report later. But uh, Yeah, update me on that later because I have heard fantastic things about that yeah, game. Yeah, so I'm super excited about it. I actually already got the... Uh, I got like the season pass, like I got a bunch of the add-ons already, oh, just nice. on like the prom. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay the, I'll pay the twenty bucks, sure. My video game time recently has been confined basically to uh, you. Fi- I finally got the copy of Saints Row Four from you. Oh yeah, and dude, I, I mean, we've already talked about Saints Row on the show yeah, before, so don't. I'm not going to get really into it. But dang, that is a fun, fun. It's game. It's so good. It's so good. It's just relentlessly good. Um, like every time something happens, you're like, this is great. And then it ends and then you play the game and then something else happens and you're like, this is even better. I, love I it. just got Johnny Gat back and we went on this loyalty mission and we're just like rolling around town while Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town is playing right. in the background. And that's great. You can't not like that. I, yeah. No, you have to. You have to. Um, all right, Matt. So video games aside... Not that they're not wonderful. Uh, what is our fourth star of the week? Oh, Dave, I'm excited about this one. So let me tell you a little something that I found out this week. So do you remember a few weeks ago we got some Die Ranger news from one of our uh, people from Twitter? Uh, uh, his name was Ken uh, at Ken. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Or uh, Ken two five one eight. That's what it was. Anyway. So, I've heard from him again. Okay. And he sent me a couple of bits of Die Ranger trivia that are fascinating. Okay. Awesome. First of all, in the last episode, I was I was actually going to mention it while we were doing it in the high points, but I forgot how impressed I was how they did like cutting back and forth between Kazu and Copy Kazu. Yeah. And how it looked very natural. Yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah, it turns out that that's just Kazu's twin brother. No. Like that way. actor has a twin. And so they just brought that dude in to play his clone. That's awesome. Um, and actually, Kazu, well, the actor, the actor's twin brother was in um, the show that became Big Bad Beetleborgs. He, uh, B-Fighter, I think it was called. Okay. And there was, an, there was a villain in that show who was the twin brother who was played by the actor who plays Kazu. No way. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so there's this whole, like, switcheroony thing. It's It was very cool. Um, So there's that. Let's see. What were the other things he sent over? Oh, um, there is a picture, a very early production picture from Die Ranger, in which Kazu was the Red Ranger and Ryu was the Yellow Ranger. Wait. Or rather, like, the actors were in switched positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. At one point, they changed it over. But I will... I'll send you over this picture at some point. But it's really... Like, it's just funny to look at. Because you got Ryu wearing Kazu's leisure suit. Oh, no way. That's great. Um, Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, The <laughs> last cool Die Ranger thing he sent over is that there is a uh, a YouTube channel called the Tokusatsu Network. Okay. And it's this dude or series of dudes that live in Japan, and they have been interviewing old tokusatsu actors. Oh, rad. And there's this big three-part interview with Shoji, or rather with um, whatever that actor's name is. I have no idea. Something or other? Shoji. Yes. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. There's this big three-part interview with him about his time on Diary Ranger, and sort of like how he got the part, and like... 
funny things that happened to him on the show, like, and, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Oh, cool. It's really interesting. I will send you the link. Don't watch the second or third parts because he's talking about specific episodes and he talks about stuff we haven't seen yet. Oh, okay. But the first one is all about his audition process and how he got the job basically because he thought that he wasn't going to get the job. And so he was super laid back because he wasn't worried about it. Uh, And then he just sort of like went around and was, you know, messing around with the audition people. Um, Apparently, in his youth, that dude was in a motorcycle gang. No way. Which I guess explains why he is on a motorcycle. Yeah, so they much just they the love putting yeah. that dude on motorcycles. <laughs> like that dude is just like a legit good motorcycle driver because he was in a street gang. That is oh, that's great. Um, um. Anyway, so definitely check that out. I will link all that up on our Twitter or Tumblr or I'll. We're all figuring out the logistics. We'll here figure together, it folks. out. It's. I'll get it to you somehow. Somehow, some way. Okay, so that is our fourth star of the week. Our fifth star, Dave, why don't you take this one away? Yeah, sure. Our fifth star of the week, Matt, is that my lovely wife and a friend of ours, they are also doing a podcast, which Mark is also producing, and their podcast is called The Ration Project. And what it is, is that my wife has convinced me that this will be a fun project, and somehow I believed her, but so far it's working out pretty well is that we are going to spend an entire year living on World War II rations. And uh, she has condensed the entire timeline of World War II into a year-long super war year. I'm not really sure how to say it. Well, she's condensed the timeline into a one-year period. So like each week is a month or something, right? It's something like that. Um, No, no, no. each uh, Each month is a year. Or each month is two years, something like that. No, no, no. Each month is... What is it? A year is two months. That's what it is. Okay. And so um, so we've started. We're eating a ton of like 1940s period food, which is actually way better uh, than I was initially going to give it credit for. I really thought that it was going to be kind of like weird and gross, especially because mm-hmm. we're doing... My wife and I, we're doing the British rations, and the other family are doing the... American rations. And so we're eating a lot of British food, which is, as you know, is sort of humorously and notoriously bad. But the stuff that we're eating right. is pretty tasty, dude. Like, we're eating pretty well. So um, if you want to listen to it, it's on Stitcher. It's on iTunes. It's, the, it's called The Ration Project. They've got a blog, rationproject.com. I think they're on Twitter. I probably should have looked all this up beforehand, but I'm pretty sure they are on Twitter. Twitter. They are, I think, just at The Ration Project. Let me double check that. I think you're right. But they've got a website. There's a blog with recipes. um, And they are actually, Matt, already, they're getting way more buzz than we are. They've put up like one episode. It's hitting, it's reached like 1,700 people on Facebook. Like like friends of friends of friends are sharing it. They have like followers they've never heard of. Um, So they're already... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they already are a little more popular than we are. Um, yeah, well, you know, listen, I, 
I am a big fan of this show, and I know you are, and yeah. I hope that all of you listening are enjoying what you're hearing. I listen to it every but, week. But, I mean, let's be honest. The the idea of the Ration Project is much more broadly appealing than two dudes talking about <laughs> Die Ranger every week. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I take some comfort in that. Um, um, by the way, yeah. I checked it. They they are at Ration Project okay, on Twitter. So, check it out. If it's something you sound interested in, um, I'm listening to it. It's pretty cool. It's fun. I will actually be guest hosting here and there to kind of give my perspective as another person who is living in this construct. Living that ration life. Yeah, living that ration life. So, uh, yeah, so you can hear me over there. Not regularly, because it's their project and they're having fun and I'm also a busy dude. But uh, I'll be there periodically. And that's it. I think it's going to be really fun and exciting. And I will, just for kicks, I will periodically update us on the Super Sentai Brothers as to how things are going over in ration land. All right. And uh, as you said, that is also being produced by our producer, Mark, and is sort of, I don't know, I'm going to say it's our sort of unofficial sister podcast. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and we are, uh, we're, we're getting some branding in, Dave. Oh, yeah. We are, I, I believe that we decided on calling the sort of proto uh, podcast network Retrograde Orbit Radio. So from here on out, the Super Sentai Brothers is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Retrograde Orbit And there Orbit it is. Radio. We should get a jingle. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> no, I think that was just I'm loving it, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. It's, it gets in your head. Uh, all right. We should get to the episode. Yes. So we're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 26, A Bad, Bad, Bad Guy, and we will be right back after the cut. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching episode 26 of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, and Dave, why don't you hit us with a quick recap and we'll get right into it. Yeah, uh, very briefly, the Die Rangers are fighting on two fronts this week. It is both a mortal enemy and a Goma enemy. They lose to both of them. It is a two-parter. So, we end this episode in a temporary defeat from which I'm sure the Rangers will recover next episode. Okay, so... First scene, we open up outside of, I didn't c- catch the name of it, but it is the headquarters of some large um, like martial arts dojo. Yeah, and it seemingly is like a large, large dojo, because it seems like it's housed in like a skyscraper. Yeah, this is not <laughs> like, like is some not... building. This is like they put a new sign out front of Hotel Sweat, <laughs> and now it's a dojo. <laughs> right. Like, whatever this is, it is a large organization. So we go inside, so, we see a bunch of people practicing, you know, throwing punches, throwing kicks. Right. You know, they're doing they're doing karate stuff. And it cuts away, and we see a janitor. So, obviously, the janitor is a master of martial arts. Sure. Yeah, that goes without saying. And he is, I don't know, how old would you say he is, Dave? Like, late 50s? I don't know, late 50s, early 60s, somewhere in that realm. Yeah, and so obviously is not to be challenged, right? Without you know, clearly, clearly. So we cut to a different uh, door of the building, and the door opens up, and there is a older guy in a black 
uh, gi, as opposed to all the yes. students who are wearing white gi. So you can tell, like, this right. dude is the dude who is in charge. He's flanked yeah. by two of his students. They are walking to, I presume, the, like, main training area so that he can instruct the rest of his pupils. Right. It, that's, I think that's a pretty fair assumption. So the janitor is just standing there, and uh, the two students, like, walk past him, and then the janitor, like, drops his broom in front of, like, the head dude, and the head dude is like, how dare you? And the janitor says something. It, it's I forget what he says or does. Well, he confronts him and he says, like, you are such and such. Like, he says the guy's name, like, you are master whatever, like, the leader of this dojo, correct? Right. And uh, it's pretty obvious he's there to fight. Like, yeah. that's why he's there. The two and students so the janitor, turn on him and he, the janitor, that is, like, just turns around and knocks them both out with one big, like, backwards donkey kick. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, and then he pulls, he gets back on his feet, and he pulls out this coin. It's like a gold coin, and it's got a skull on it, which is already totally cool. And um, he shows the coin to the head guy, and then he flips it. And this is a thing, I've seen this in other like sorts of like martial arts conflict things, but he flips the coin up, and basically he wrecks this dude. He wrecks the head of the school and then catches the coin before it falls. So he like flips the coin up and that's and the time between him flipping it up and catching it is how long he takes to beat this dude. Yeah, and I should be clear here. Beat him to death. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he totally kills him. Like he crushes his throat and punches him in the forehead and like as the coin is being caught, the dude like falls over and spits out a bunch of blood and stops moving. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, this is not like this was not like a friendly competition. That dude, that man is dead. Uh, but it's a great. I mean, my notes just say this is already incredible. Like this is already fantastic. We've yeah. got like martial arts rivalries. What's crazy about this episode is that it cuts back and forth between being a regular episode of Die Ranger. And being a kung fu movie. Like, it's just a kung fu movie. movie. Yeah! Uh, Which is great, because I love Shaw. I love those movies. I love those movies. I I think we've talked about this before. We don't need to talk about it yet again. Um, I will watch kung fu movies all ding-dang day. Like, I'm I'm happy as a clam. Uh, So, we cut to the janitor. (laughs) He smiles. He pulls off, well, it cuts away, and you see him drop right. what, while he was wearing it, was, I guess, a very realistic mask. And when he takes it off, you can tell it's just like a cheap plastic thing, because it was not a mask at all. That was an older dude's face. And now we are seeing a younger dude. And that yeah. dude is Jin, and he is the titular bad, bad, bad guy. Now, Dave, right. before we, we go on any further... We don't know that his name is Jin yet, by the way. No. We find that out, like, halfway through the episode. Um, this actor is Yutaka Hiroshi, right? Okay. He is a pretty prolific, um, tokusatsu actor. He played one of the main villains in Live Man, and he played a bunch of other sort of mid to smaller roles in, I don't know, a dozen different tokusatsu series. Oh, right. That's awesome. So, uh, he, this will be a recurring role for him on this show, not just in this two-parter. Um, but he is a super, like, he is, like, one of those dudes who, if you watch a lot of tokusatsu, you will see him show up now and again. Oh, that's neat. Um, okay. So, that is, that's kind of the opening bit. The sequence is 
Or, you know, like they do the little like, it's a bad, bad, bad guy. And then it jumps to the next scene in which we see, my notes just say the destroyer because that's what they could, the dojo destroyer. Um, but his name is Jin, like you said. And he is like having tea with just like a dude. And the dude's like having a cigarette and he's like, oh, thank you so much for like destroying the head of that other dojo. Like, it'll make things better for our dojo, like our school. And he tries to pay Jin off. He, like, hands him an envelope full of cash. Yeah, and Jin says, like, listen, you seem to not understand. Like, I am not, like, I was glad to go kill him, but it's not because I wanted your money. It's because I want to test my skills against the very best. And yeah. so, like, some dude walks in with a tray to, like, collect their tea glasses. It's like the busboy. Yeah, and Jin just takes the envelope full of what I can only imagine is a ton of money, drops it on the tray, <laughs> he's like, there's your tip, go ahead and keep it, and just walks out. Yeah, it's uh, it's a totally baller move. It's fantastic. Like, I don't that is money. exactly what I have in my notes, is that it is tremendously baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he tips the busboy a couple grand and just walks out like a boss. I think he actually puts... Sh- sunglasses on as he is leaving which is even better oh yeah throughout this episode he puts on and takes off sunglasses about eight times but it always looks good uh so it cuts away from that so it's now we have an idea cool dude punctuation yeah it's great so um we have an idea as to who this guy is like this is his thing uh clearly he is like super duper tough so it cuts away from him and we cut to ryu who was working in the restaurant and uh, he's still like, he's still like the trash carrier. Yeah, I well, you know, I guess his professional ambitions have probably been put on the back burner. I to guess, be fair, uh, but no, he is not trying to make his like perfected dumplings anywhere. He is yeah. being sent out on a delivery. Yeah. Uh. So. It cuts away. We cut to the road. I think we see Ryu like in the background or something. No, no, no. We don't, actually. We don't. All we see is this limo. Like This limo is driving down the road, and there's a cop behind it. And the cop like turns on his siren, and it is following the guy. But he's got like a helmet on, so you can't see who it is. It's a motorcycle cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have said that. And so the cop like pulls over the limo. And uh, he's, like, he's like, hey, roll down the window. And they roll down the window. He's like, ah, you were speeding. And the guy who's driving the limo is like, we weren't speeding at all. And then he actually swears at him. Like, he drops the F-bomb, which I don't know if that's, like, a weird translation thing, but I was very surprised to see that. I'm going to assume that it's, like, a weird translation thing. I think that's probably safe. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) it was a little like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) Die Ranger. Uh, So the cop then tells him that he was driving 0.1 kilometers over the speed limit. Mm -hmm. Or kilometers per hour. (laughs) Right. And then he just kicks through the side of the limo and kills the dude. Yeah, like I, th- I thought he punched. In any case, he just goes straight through, not the yeah. window, the door itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said window. He, Yeah, he punches through the metal door and just kills this dude in one blow. And, uh, and then he looks back and he's like, ah, you're the head of the kendo school. And then the other dude, because there's like an older dude in the back of the limo. And then the younger dudes like run out of the limo. They have wooden kendo swords just there. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're part of the kendo school, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. If you're a student of kendo, you just carry a wooden sword everywhere. So they bust out of the limo 
and uh, they attack the dude who is Jin. Sorry, it's a Jin. Like we, he pulls off his helmet, and we see that it's him. And they attack him, uh, and he just ruins these dudes like no effort whatsoever. And then we see Ryu. Yeah, so he is about is... to kill these dudes, and Ryu is just sort of happens to be driving past on his delivery route. And yeah. sees, like, oh, like, there is some karate problems. I will go do karate to go solve them. <laughs> or not um, karate, actually. It would be kung fu, but... Right. And so he uh, so he interrupts. The limo, like, drives away. And then it's Ryu versus Jin. So Jin pulls out his rad coin again. But instead mm-hmm. of flipping it up in the air, as he did before, he flicks it at Ryu... And it, like, cuts his cheek. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is totally cool. Uh, And then they fight. And Ryu loses. Like, handily. Yeah, the guy is basically toying with him. And there are bits where, like, Ryu will dodge out of the way, but he will still get cut by the guy's fist. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're continuing to fight, and Ryu is continuing to lose, until the kendo school people get back in their car and just drive basically straight through Jin and Ryu. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's when they. That's when the kendo guys escape. Yeah. And uh, when so they kind of either they both dive to the side, and then when Ryu looks up, like he kind of like stands back up and he looks around. Jin has gone. Like Jin has just left. Yeah, and then we cut down to Murder Basement HQ. Right. Ryu's getting, like, bandaged up because, like we said, he got cut. And he's like, ah, oh, this guy, like, I was totally crazy. Maybe he's a Kiryoku user. And uh, Kaku just strolls in. He's like, no, he's not. And then, okay, here's here's a beautiful thing. Actually, I forgot to mention this during the fight. Um, but I'm reminded of it now because Kaku said that that guy was likely a master of dark karate. Yeah. Um, and I have this written down during the fight. Um, and again, the actual wording on this is being translated, so I'm not sure if it's as cool as it sounds. But I Jin hope so. described his martial arts technique as the Panther Fang Evil God Fist. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, even if that's not a perfect translation, even if it's just something that's vaguely close to that, there is no combination of those words that does not sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, I want a whole new show just about Jin. And what was it? Evil Panther God Fist, right? Uh, Panther Fang Evil God Fist. Panther Fang Evil God Fist. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there, but I love it. Uh, okay, so Kaku says, like, no, he's not a Kiryoku user, but he is a master of dark karate. And Ryu is like, wow, well, next time I beat him, or like, next time I see him, like, I will defeat him. And Kaku's like, no way. No, you're like, not that dude do will that. kill you. And then, okay, they say a couple of things here. First of all, he says that the reason that Ryu got cut is because basically the Panther Fang Evil God Fist technique, like, his fist moves so quickly that it makes like a blade of air around it. And that's Which, what was How could you not him. love that? Um,. And then he says that the reason he would lose is because up to this point, Ryu has just been fighting by channeling his Kiryoku. Yes! But then he specifies that Ryu Ryu does not have any martial arts training. Right! At all! Nothing! 
So remember how okay. in the first episode we were like, okay, he went from like jumping over fences and barely escaping to knowing Kung Fu really quickly? He didn't know Kung Fu. He was just doing what his Kiryoku like led his fists to do. That is the only way that he knows how to fight. He has right. no training. Dude, this reminds me of, uh, it was a glorious moment in comic books. I think oh, you may have shown me this, actually. It's uh, Spider-Man and Captain America. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man, yeah, and Spider-Man and Captain America are fighting. And uh, Captain America's like, oh, so you don't actually know how to fight. And Spider-Man's like, what are you talking about? This? I've been doing this for, like, ages. Like, I beat dudes up all the time. And Captain America's like, no, 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 no. You don't actually know how to fight. You're just faster and stronger, and you have, like, spider senses. You don't actually know anything. And Spider-Man's like, oh, well, I guess I don't. Not, you know, not to go down Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> but then Captain America's like, why don't I actually teach you some, some actual combat stuff? And Spider-Man's like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is totally great. Yeah, there was that. And I think there was a later bit, too, where, like, his... Spidey senses were on the frets, and he had to get trained by Shang-Chi to, like, sense things, or just be able to notice things better, like, via the power of Kung Fu. Nah, nice. Dude, I love Shang-Chi. Hey, man, how can you not love the master of Kung Fu? I know. He's not in nearly enough stuff. Um, Okay, so anyways. So then, to get back to it, Kaku says, there is a next level of training that, like, you need to learn. To which I say, Kaku, maybe you could have been teaching them. Yeah, this this is episode 26. We saw very early on, I think episode 2, that you have a whole training room full of, like, weapons and obstacles and stuff. Right. Like, what have you been doing? You just said he's like, you have no martial arts training. Just like, Kaku, you're the sensei. You or like you are the dude who's supposed to be teaching them. You cannot be their teacher and then get down on them and be like, "You guys suck. You need to get some training in." Like this is your fault. Like yeah, this is we would really like that, fault. Kaku. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, there was an episode and I don't remember when, but at some point they said, "Hey, we don't have the training to deal with this. Why don't you help us, Kaku?" And he was like, "Ah, right. oh, you just gotta focus your chi some more." <laughs> like, gosh, Kaku is the worst. Um, yeah. And so, uh, that's kind of it, actually. Ryu just kind of smolders and is angry, but that's the whole thing. So that's it in Murder Basement. Like, the scene just ends. Kaku doesn't say, like, this is what you need to do to get the training. He doesn't, like, give them a path. He's like, oh, yeah, you'll need some new training. Goodbye. That's all. Bye. So then we cut to Ryu, and he is sort of sitting dejectedly next to a small lake, just sort of tossing oh. stones in. There is actually, sorry, real quick, Matt, there is one short thing in between that. Oh, is there? Yeah, it's like a weird, we get like a weird, like, fuzzy shot. There's a nurse, is what it looks like, sitting on a park bench. And she has like a newspaper, and she's reading about dojo, like, heads of dojos getting killed. And she just says, Jin, which is the first time we hear the name Jin, by the way. Uh, she doesn't, we don't explain the relationship. It's just this random girl that we've never seen. And she says, Jin, and then it cuts away. And then we see Ryu by the lake. And so the rest of the Rangers show up and they're trying to cheer him up. 
Right. They're like, oh, Ryu, like, it's not so bad. Rin has, like, a little bauble charm thing that she gives him that Shoji teases her about, implying, I guess, that it's a romantic thing. I'm not totally sure. And then she chases him around hitting him for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But in the end, like, Ryu seems to, you know, sort of get, you know, get his smile back. And they're all feeling pretty good until just a bunch of explosions happen all over them. Yeah, this is another thing that's throwing me off. Like, Ryu is just sitting around. Like, Ryu knows that he has to get some sort of training. Like, this dude whooped him, and he's like, I have to get some training. And then he's just, like, sitting around the lake, feeling bummed out, and the other rangers show up, and they're like, oh, Ryu, I'm sure it'll be okay. You'll beat him next time, or something like that. It's like, guys, maybe instead of being sad by the lake and giving your friend, like, a little charm... Maybe you should go train. Like, maybe you should learn to do the thing that your teacher has already told you you need to do to beat the guy next time instead of being sad that you didn't beat him the first time. Yeah, they're not uh, they They're not really long on plans here. <laughs> but they don't. And as you say, Matt, uh, everybody's feeling cool and then explosions. And so the Goa Monster of the Week shows up and he is the... Uh, the pot Taoist. Yeah. Or I don't yeah, I don't know if there's like some connection between like if like this, pots and Taoists, but Yeah. Who they knows? don't explain it if there is. But he's the pot Taoist and he is he's just like he's a pot. He's an anthropomorphic pot. With another pot on his head. For reasons that I don't understand. Right. Although we will come back to that pot on the top of his head at a later point in the episode. Oh yeah, that pot turns out to be really important. And so uh, they start to fight him. And all of their attacks are basically just shrugged off. And the right. three Goma commanders show up and are sort of very proud of themselves and say that the Pot Taoist has this ability that basically just allows him to absorb any and all attack. Yeah. Uh, but Zydos is not convinced. Like, Zydos, he's like, ah, eh, he might still lose. Yeah, like there's like I'm not sure that this plan is going to work, and you can tell that he's starting to think of another plan. Yeah, but the other Goma commanders are like no, they're kind of angry about it, like angry about the implication that this plan might not work. But Zydos, you can yeah, you can tell he's like thinking of a backup plan. So that's the end of that scene, and then we cut to. And by the, the way, I, I just want to stress something. That's the end of that scene. We don't see how that fight ends. The next time we see the Die Rangers, they're just not in that fight anymore. Like, they were fighting someone who they could not beat, and then it cuts to this next scene we're about to describe, and then later it's just like, oh yeah, like, I guess that was over with. (laughs) Yeah, they're just, maybe they just run away. I think that's the only thing, that's the only explanation. They just run away. They have to. So, we Uh, cut to a graveyard. Right, and we see Jin, and he is doing... Like some sort of obeisance ritual. He's like burning some incense. He's like pouring some water at someone's grave. We don't know. This is the first time, by the way, that we find out that Jin is the destroyer. Like that that is his name. Uh, The girl shows up. The girl from earlier who had been reading the newspaper. Right. The nurse. My notes say, girl is the daughter of his sensei. Yes. So I predicted it and I was right. Um, I play a little. I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, Matt, or on the show. I play a little game with myself where I try to predict what's about to happen, and uh, it always makes me feel really good when I'm right. What uh, What's your hit rate? 
Uh, it's pretty good. My hit rate's about like 85%. Nice. Well, well, I mean, to I, be um, fair, there aren't a lot of big twists in the show. Right, right, right. Well, I uh, I play this game actually with all television. Like, I just, it kind of drives, I don't think it drives Beth crazy. Um, <laughs> but I do just joke. I'm like, I'm so good at TV. Because uh, I'm like, oh, this is, this is what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure this is what it is. I imagine having, like, being like an English teacher helps. Because, you know, man, like, stories only have so many shapes. And you're just like, eventually you're just like, oh yeah, I know. I know that I recognize this. I know what's about to happen here. Um, Gotcha. But it makes it all the better when I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Like to actually get thrown for a loop by something? Yeah. Just like, oh no way. I did not see that coming. It's like a super fantastic experience. Like it doesn't happen as often, but it's all the better when it does, you know? I know exactly so, what you mean. Um, so we're in the graveyard, and Jin is doing his sort of, you know, recognition of this grave. When the girl walks up and says, like, oh, you remembered the day of my father's death. Right. Oh, it is worth noting, by the way, that Jin always wears a black glove on his left hand. Yes. Okay. And so uh, he says, uh, I forget what he says, actually. But she says, oh, no, no, that's what it is. She points to the newspaper. She says, I know it's you. Like, I know you're the person who's been doing all of these, like, attacks. Don't, you're disgracing my father. You're disgracing my father, like, and his, like, legacy of martial arts. Right, like, he would, like, if he were still alive, he would regret having ever taught you martial arts. Right, and Jin is just like, you don't know anything. Like, you know nothing. Like, I am doing this so that this style will be the strongest. I guess because it will be the only one left because he will have murdered everyone else. <laughs> Maybe. That seems, well, I mean, that seems like a pretty functional plan. And uh, then he and starts so... to walk away and she sort of stops him in his tracks by saying, you still hate him, don't you? And we cut to a flashback of Jin being trained by his sensei. Right. And Jin is getting ruined. Um, you know, like this sensei is just taking him to taking him to town, and they're fighting on like a cliff top over the ocean, which doesn't seem like a great training ground. That's, yeah, I mean it's dramatic. It looks really cool, but it does again. It doesn't seem like a great place to practice things. And lo and behold, it isn't. It isn't a great place to practice things because Jin like takes a hit, and he goes over the edge of the cliff. Yeah, over like. Over, like, a rocky ocean, you know, it's like pounding surf and, like, giant jagged rocks. But before he falls, Sensei, like, runs over and, like, grabs his arm. And so Sensei is, like, leaning over the edge of the cliff. He's holding on to Ryu. Ryu is, like, grasping I'm sorry, Dave, you're saying Ryu. You mean Jin. Sorry. I Yeah, I'm saying Ryu. I totally mean Jin. My apologies. So Jin is hanging on for dear life. Sensei is kind of holding him up but he's slipping, right? Right, and he's saying, at this point, if you don't let go of my hand, we're both going to go over. Which makes very little sense to me, but whatever. Whatever. And so... Listen, this guy seems like a more (laughs) abusive master than Kaku, and that is saying a lot. Yeah, and we're about to find out it's totally true, because his solution, because Jin doesn't let go, because he's trying to not die, and (laughs) so Sensei's solution is he pulls a knife! Which, I don't know where he got it, but he has it. He pulls a knife and 
presumably just like stabs Jin in the hand. Yeah, the camera cuts, cuts away before we see exactly what happens. But presumably he stabs Jin in the hand, which is both like, and then he falls. So yeah, like, we don't actually see the fall. Right, we don't see any of this. this it's all sort of implied. But like, it cuts back, and the sh- the camera is focused on Jin's glove. And so uh, I presume that that means he's got yeah. some sort of crazy weird scar on his hand. Something is going on. Uh, and so uh, what Jin says is, oh, no, no, the girl's like, oh, you, you have to forgive him, like something, something. And Jin says, no, no, no. He taught me like the greatest lesson of this style of martial arts, the name of which I can't remember, but like that the dude created is that in that moment, like in the moment of life and death, you have to only think of yourself. Like you can't think about anybody else. And that is maybe why he's so powerful. I don't know. Right. Because he is just like absolutely merciless. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I will do whatever. And so, and then we get some implication that maybe there was some kind of like love thing, some sort of romantic relationship between the two of them. She says something about like, I still love you. And he's like, stay out of my way or you'll die. Yeah, basically. Like, not, really... I don't think he was necessarily threatening her, but just saying like, listen, if you get yourself involved with this, like you will end up dead. So yeah, it seems stay like a, away from an unnecessarily me. harsh rejoinder. I am going to go do what I'm going to go do. And, uh, you know. Gonna go kill some bros, so I'm gonna do me. I'll catch you I'm later. Do me, you do you. I'm out. Uh, okay, so that's that. We cut back to murder basement. The Rangers roll in. They are like, you know, just kind of like beat up. Shoji is Kaku cares that they lost. Yeah, Kaku cares not at all. <laughs> He's completely dispassionate about like their savage beating. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you guys need a different... Uh, he says Kenpo. I'm assuming that just means, like, martial arts style. I think that's true. Um, and he's just like, oh, yeah, you guys just need new martial arts. It's like, again, thanks, Kaku. Maybe you could do something about that. Like, maybe you could solve that problem. Right. But he, to be fair, they are about to start doing something about that problem. Right, right, right. Which we they will see in just that. a moment. Right. But we don't, we don't say it. Uh, or we don't see it, rather. Sorry. We don't see it. He's just like, oh, yeah, you guys need to fix that. And then it cuts away. Oh, Dave, and what does this it cut away where... to? Because oh, this is bananas. <laughs> it's just, this is fantastic. Uh, okay. So unbeknownst to us, there is somewhere we don't know called uh, a forest called the Forest of Demons. Just a regular and sort of forest to have hanging around. Regular, yeah. And it is the Forest of Demons, and I think what it says is that this is where souls that cannot die linger. So it's basically like a mega haunted forest. Yeah, and there are like weird like mists and candles and like... Yeah, there's like body parts hanging from trees and stuff. Like, it's intense. It's not a cool place to be. Well, it's not a cool place to be unless you're Zydos, because he has an errand to run. Okay, so Zydos has <laughs> this whole setup, right? Like, he's got a podium that's set in this sort of, like, scribed, like, designed circle thing that kind of looks like Gara's, well, like, weird garbage trap from before. Right. Uh, and the errand that he has to run 
is that he has a black crystal. He has like a black crystal ball. And he says, like, I will absorb these damned souls into my black crystal with the goal that he will create a demon fighter like greater than any other fighter to defeat the Rangers. So like when we said before that Zydos was hatching some sort of alternate plan, this is it. Yeah, he is basically like Voltroning a bunch of like damned souls together to like <laughs> to jam into somebody to a create demon a martial artist. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Dude. Yeah, man. There's a lot of like, like weirdo intense stuff in this episode, and it's pretty great. Okay, see, this is the sort of thing, Matt, that makes me... Remember, like, last week or maybe the week before, we talked about, like, the grim and gritty, like, martial like martial arts movie action Power Rangers reboot yeah. that somebody did? See, this is the sort of thing that makes me want to see something like that. Where I'm like, this is fantastic. I love what's happening. It's like, you know, it's a kid's show. It's, it's goofy. It's crazy. It's over the top. But also, like, like, dude, that's pretty crazy. Like, that's pretty awesome. Like, just as, like, a fantasy martial arts show, like, a forest of, like, souls that combine into a black crystal to make, like, a demon martial artist to fight the heroes. Like, that's pretty cool, dude. I would watch, I would watch, like, a grown-up movie version of that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't want it all the time. But this, I would be like, yeah, that would make a totally rad movie. Uh, so, of course, the one thing about that is that, like, like Die Ranger already exists. Like, if you want, like, a weird, dark, like, Black Mirror version of uh, the Power Rangers, like, just watch some Super Sentai. Weird stuff happens there. <laughs> okay, that's... Right, that's a good... Okay, that's a very good point. Like, you don't really need to give want. Rocky a cyborg leg and have him, like, <laughs> you know, join forces with the Machine Empire. <laughs> you Really, what I want, maybe, is just, like, better special effects. That's fair. Maybe that's it. Uh, okay, so we don't see the we don't see the outcome of that. All we see is Zydos going like Aah! and trying to do something, but then it cuts away. So remember so that for next week. Yeah, presumably he does something, but we don't know what it is yet. So we cut away from Zydos, kind of going nuts, into something that it's not. We don't know exactly what it is, but it is clearly some sort of martial arts thing it's like a place and there's like gardens and there's like dudes who are doing some sort of martial arts thing we find out pretty shortly what it is is it's the kendo guy it's the kendo guy from the beginning of the episode who has survived and Jin is coming back to finish the job right and you basically see Jin just running roughshod through all of the kendo guys like people are going flying you hear a bunch of commotion um yeah. And they're all trying to protect their master, who basically just says, guys, like, back off. I will deal with right. this. To his credit, yeah, he kind of tries to save his students. Uh, my notes just say, so 90s, all in caps. Like, Jin is wearing, like, a cream-colored, like, double-breasted suit. He's got on, like, aviator shades and the one black glove. It's just so, so fantastically 90s. It looks amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. So the dude, the kendo guy, he's like, do you think an upstart's like you can dodge my blade? And Jin just pulls out the gold coin with the skull on it. And like he flips it and then he just kills that dude. Okay, so here's what he does. He flips up the coin, 
the dude draws his sword. Jin runs over, uses one hand to grab the sword as it's coming at him. Uses, the gloved hand. Uses his other hand to punch straight through the sword and break it into two pieces. <laughs> he grabs and the dude's then... throats, the dude's throat, and twists it like he's like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Like punches him <laughs> in the forehead, and the guy falls over dead before the coin lands. <laughs> Oh, man, it's fantastic. Actually, Matt, uh, speaking of, real briefly, Patrick Swayze, do you ever watch, do you ever watch Key and Peele? Uh, I have watched Key and Peele. I don't make a habit of it just because I forget that it exists. Okay, uh, well, you should. I know. But there is, they, they did this a really great sketch, uh, and it is just, it's like a goof on, like, 90s action movies. <laughs> and, uh, and the dude just... Like, his only move is that he snaps necks. Like, that's it. Like, everybody he fights, he just snaps their neck. Oh, dude. Uh, real Another brief aside before we get back to the episode. Speaking of um, amazing action movies, mm-hmm. um, do you remember that comic book I got off of Kickstarter sometime last year, Sex Castle? Oh, yeah. Um, it just uh, Image just put it out again. So, listeners, if you uh, did not get Kyle Stark's Sex Castle from Kickstarter... Um, you now have a chance to fix that mistake. Go read it. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, you know what? You've told me about it. I've never actually sat down and read it, so I will have to do that. It is it is everything that you want and more from someone who is just distilling all of those great action movie things into one awesome comic book. That's amazing, because I love all of those action movie things, and I like them all in one place. I will loan you so, my copy, it, or you should just buy a copy. It's great. Yeah, I'll just buy a copy. Um, okay, so in a super-duper 90s way, Kenpo guy is dead. Kendo guy, sorry, rather, is dead. And, uh, you know, Jin is just standing there exulting in his victory. And Ryu shows up, seemingly out of nowhere. But then we immediately find out, like, he was waiting. Like, he was following Jin around. No, 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 he wasn't following Jin. He was waiting for Jin to show up at the Kendo place. Which does raise does the question, like, why did he not yes. try to, like, step in and help that guy not get murdered terribly? <laughs> right. Uh, it seems like he was totally there, but, yeah, he does not stop Kendo Guy from getting murdered, but he does jump in, and uh, he's, like, he's angry. Not just because he lost, but because he clearly has, like, he feels that Jin is disrespecting like martial arts he's like you're using it wrong which is a weird thing for you to say because what does Ryu care because he has no martial arts training like he should have zero investment in this i think he's just trying to find things to like vilify Jin about he's just salty about losing and he's particularly right. angry that like kaku told him that he couldn't win yeah like he's like, got he's a definitely... huge chip on his shoulder about it he's like i'm yeah. Ryu. i'm the heavenly fire star come on man yeah, um, and so he's like, you're just, Ryu says to Jin, he's like, oh, you're just a killer, like, you're not a real Kenshi, you're not a real fighter, and uh, Jin's like, dude, uh, martial arts is 100% for hurting people, like, that's what it's for, it is designed to hurt people, I'm just doing what I do, like, I'm a martial artist, I'm just here to prove I'm the best, and Ryu is like, no, you're wrong. And Jin just like doesn't care at all. So uh, Jin is absolutely too cool, school, too cool for school. Okay, so they start to fight, and as that fight starts, we cut away to the other four Die Rangers, and they are down by a riverbed, 
being observed by Kaku, and they are actually doing their new training. Right, and they're in all sorts of, like, they're in very, like, traditional-looking kind of Chinese kung fu training gear. Except that Shoji has ripped the sleeves off of his because he's rad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so they are there training... And it's cool. Which, like it's a it's a neat little like martial arts showcase for the characters. They're just going through their paces and doing some cool stuff. And eventually, I think it's Kazu says like, "This is ridiculous. Like we are not going to beat the Goma monster with these moves. Like we yeah, still need more uh, new stuff." Right. Okay. So this is something. This is I'm, I'm calling Ryu out on this one. All right. So he loses to this guy. He loses to Jin. He shows up. Kaku says, you need more training. Jin is like, or not Jin, sorry. Ryu is like, no, I'm angry about it. Um, but then, and, and we could have assumed, we could have assumed that there wasn't actually training going on. Ryu gets frustrated. He's like, I'm going to go find the guy on his own. And he goes out and finds Jin. But what we discover because of this scene is that, no, the other rangers are training. Like, they are practicing the things that they know that they need to do, or at least trying, Ryu has just like run off half cocked to try to beat Jin, which he already knows that he can't. Like Ryu, come on, man! You're supposed to be the leader of the Die Rangers here, not the sort of whiny one that like can't be counted on. Like, do the training. Everybody else is doing the training. Do the training. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I think that's the thing, though, is that Ryu is angry that like he feels as though his current skill level should be enough to beat this guy. And he's trying to prove that he can do it. Which is insane, because, like, even Ryu knows, like, Ryu, your current skill level is zero. Right. Like, No, I'm not saying it's <laughs> a good plan. No skills. Like, it's you a pretty terrible plan. You're operating on instinct here. You're right. It's not a good plan, but it is Ryu's plan. Uh, okay. So while the other rangers are training... Pot Taoist shows up. And so they all transform and they start to attack, but it is not really going any better this time than it was last time. Yeah. Pot Taoist is, he completely ignores all of their hits. He's kind of like bouncing them around. He does a couple of other things. And uh, this is actually a pretty cool piece of cinematography because they're bouncing back and forth between the Rangers fight with Pont Taoist and Ryu's fight with Jin. Yeah, it's going back and forth. Um, as we go back to Ryu fighting Jin, we see that Ryu gets in a good shot, um, knocks Jin back. Jin does like a backflip and lands on a flower without yeah, bending totally, the flower. Yeah, uh, totally crouching tigers this. He's like balancing on the flower. It's a great moment. Um, there is one spot <laughs> right before that happens where they're fighting, and Ryu says to himself, he's like, oh, what the heck? Like, who would lose to this guy? It's like, Ryu, you, obviously. Yeah, you would you, lose to this first guy. And foremost, you just did. And then like, all of the people he's yesterday. killed in this episode. Right. Tons of people would lose to this guy. In fact, everybody, it seems, would lose to this guy. But anyway, so then, uh, yeah, so Jin kind of backflips and is, like, perched on this flower, and then, like, Jumps in for the attack. It cuts back to the Rangers. Rin shoots. She uses her, um, what's it called? The Tenpuse? Her, like, hurricane attack thing that she does. Yeah. 
Uh, it has no effect. Pot Taoist does not care at all. And then what he does is he takes the pot off the top of his head, aims it at mm-hmm. Rin, and she, like, gets transformed into energy and sucked inside of it. Yeah. And then it, like, zooms in on Pot Taoist, and a picture of the phoenix, like, appears on his body. So, so we don't know what's just happened, but, like, Something significant has just happened. I'm sure we'll find out next episode. Um, so it jumps back to Ryu and Jin. Ryu uses like a Kiryoku, like the kind of force blast thing that we've seen them do before. It works on Jin, like it knocks him back. But now Jin is like, now the fight is joined in earnest, as they say. Right, like, like before now really they were down. just using martial arts, but now... Ryu has sort of broken the seal on secret techniques. Which it turns out he should not have done. No, that was a bad maneuver. Because what we see next is like the wind-cutting fist of the evil god. And (laughs) what this is... Secret technique. Is Jin just like winds up and does some like lightning fast like fist moves. Runs over and just punches him in the face like a million times. <laughs> he like he fisted the North Stars. Him. He just that is like, exactly what he does. Yeah, he just like punch, 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 punch. Um, <laughs> like Ryu gets wrecked. Like he has no defense against this. He just gets beat. We get a slowdown on the last punch to the face, where like Ryu's face yeah. is like punched, like turns away, and he just. Sp- Spits out this cloud of blood. Um, So Ryu hits the ground like a ton of bricks. Just like, I think he might actually bounce a little bit. He hits the ground so hard. He probably doesn't, but like in my imagination he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's it. That is the end of the episode. Yeah. Rin is (laughs) trapped. Ryu is beaten within an inch of his life. And uh, things do not look good for our heroes. Yeah, uh... So I'm, ex- dude, I'm excited to see what happens next. Because here's what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating a sort of like, uh, maybe not like a training montage, but like a DBZ, like you almost die, so you come back and you, like, you learn some superpower. Dave, uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see. What you are going to see is amazing, and I'm really looking forward to you seeing it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, there was a yeah, moment in the next episode where when I first watched it, I just like stood up off of my couch and laughed out loud for a full minute because it was so tremendous. <laughs> oh, man. I kind of want to just watch it now, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode, man. It just ends on a real like Rangers Lost moment. Okay, so what is your high point of the episode? Oh, man. There's so many. There's so many high points. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the coin flip. Like it's just such a it's a classic move, but it it works every time. Like he flips the coin, he beats the dude, and then catches the coin. It's a great moment. It really is, and really, like if you wanted to expand that, Jin is just a really cool villain. Yeah, he's just a killer villain. Like he's totally great, especially because he's just a dude. Like he is not a goma. He is just, like, a killer on the loose that Ryu has decided he has beef with. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to show up and have, like, some sort of, you know, or I kept waiting for the reveal to happen. They're like, oh, yeah, he's totally a Goma, whatever. It's like, no, this dude is just that bad. He is a bad, bad, bad guy. He's a bad, bad, bad man. (laughs) Um, How about you, Matt? High point? Um... 
Let's see if... How about... Oh, you know what? Like the evil forest. Like Zydos gathering oh, all the dude, souls that in that evil great. forest. That was a great moment. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, how about a low point, man? If there was one. Um, I don't know. The pot dose looks sort of goofy. You gotta... Honestly, <laughs> that's the that was what I was gonna say. The only thing I could think of that like the Pod is kind of looks a little goofy. Like it's not a super cool. Monster because the stuff. problem is like his main thing is that he gets hit and the and the attacks just sort of like get absorbed. But he's this big sort of foam pot costume, and so when you, they hit him, it's like punching into like a big pillow, and so yeah. it's there's a lot of sort of like a weird squishiness. He's too squishy. I realize yeah. that's a weird nitpick, but there's not a lot of low points in this episode. I was gonna say this is a this is a pretty cool episode, man. What about you? Um, that's that's all I was gonna say. The only thing I could think of was that the pot always looks kind of goofy. All right. Well, in that case, that is gonna do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Uh, yeah. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you: you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail dot com. If you want to leave future updates on episodes or contact us, we are on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That really helps people find the show. As I mentioned earlier, the Super Sentai Brothers podcast is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.